Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? We are on this like micro series of how to help people be more productive, how to help motivate people more, things around memory, motivation, and productivity. Last week, we learned about the Pomodoro method. This week, I'm just going to run you through some memory hacks, how to help remember information based on what we know about the brain. So I'm going to ask you two questions before we get started and before I give you some of these hacks. One. Do you think, or is there something different neurologically for individuals with a robust memory? People who have wild, good memories. Do you think that there's something different neurologically about them? And do you believe we can build superior memory skills through hard work and practice? Okay, is this a developed skill or is it an inborn skill? What are your thoughts? A little bit of both is the answer, but far more development-based than we probably think. There are so many things that we can do. It's like a muscle to help grow our memory skills. And here are just a small snippet of examples. One, when you have information that you need to remember, connect it with your senses. So for example, think of like sharp cheese. The cheese isn't actually sharp, but because we connected the word sharp, or we know the word sharp as being like harsh, we know that sharp cheese is a little bitey. Think about like the number one. If we connect it to the like visual sense, like, what does the number one look like? How can I how can I teach a, a child to remember the number one? Well, it looks like a tall, proud man standing up. Because it does. Almost like he's like a top hat on. If we can teach a student, a young student, to remember the tall, proud man is the number one, they're going to store that a lot better because they had the visual connected to the concept. Even the letter M being associated with maybe the color gray because it looks like a mountain and mountains are often gray. So connecting senses to information. A well-known memory hack is just a mnemonic. Have students create their own mnemonics instead of giving them one. Often we have like, what is it, PEMDAS? Please excuse my poor aunt, my dear Aunt Sally. Uh, they're great. They're helpful. But even better is if they create their own. And note that if, it, if there can be an element of humor added to these mnemonics, 
doubly likely to remember. Humor sticks. Something else we kind of get away from in teaching things, whether they're conferences, seminars, classes, university, stories. Stories really help information to stick because we can kind of contextualize abstract or complex topics through familiar scenes and helps us to kind of visualize all of this. Again, connects it to our senses. So one of the ways that I have even done, this is like creating mind stories. So this isn't like storytelling, but you this, this could include storytelling. I create a story in my mind when I'm thinking about speaking on stage and I have quite a few concepts I want to run through, but I don't want to have notes nearby or holding anything. So what I do is I pretend I'm in a room, like my bedroom maybe, and I create a story of like pieces of the room and I tie my talking points to each of those pieces around the room. So if I walk in my bedroom door and I go from left to right and I visually scan the room, I pick eight objects like bookshelf, chair, desk, window, plant, bed. I don't know how many objects I've picked so far, but I pick eight around my room, usually from left to right. And I tie one of my themes or concepts to each of those objects in my room. And then when I'm on stage, I visualize that room and I visualize the eight objects I chose. And I remember what the concepts were because I tied them to the objects. So I can remember the 10 objects. I can remember their order, their sequence, because they go from left to right around the room. And I don't need to look at notes. Just by creating a mind story, it helped me a whole whole, whole lot. You could integrate options to process like visual, tactile, kinesthetic, verbal. Experiencing these multiple representations enables us to transfer this to the memory system. Like if you teach it one way with visual and then the next way with verbal and the next way with tactile, you're more likely to remember it. There's a, oh gosh, I wish I could remember it. And I don't, let me see if I can search it quickly. Confucius um, <laughs> quotes. There's a Confucius quote. I think it's Confucius. Um, ah, there it is. Yes, I found it. It is Confucius. I'm so impressed with myself. <laughs> I hear and I forget. I see and I remember. I do and I understand. I would say, yes, you have varying levels of those things, but if you do all three of those in in like the first time you say it auditorily, the second time you visually map it out for students, and the last time they physically do it, then you're much more likely to understand. You're much more likely to remember. It reminds me of the gradual release of responsibility model. So it's I do, we do, you do. So first, maybe I auditorily tell you how this goes or teach you the concept then we do it together where you see it being done and then i send you off on your own and you do it individually that transfer and that repetition helps us to remember the information i also really like whole brain note taking whole brain note taking is something i recommend everyone does when they come to a session with me so if possible i get them paper and i let them handwrite physical like physical notes on the piece of paper if not, they can pull up a Word doc or a Google doc, but handwritten is, is best. They divide that paper or document in half, long ways. On the left-hand side, 
take notes on the right-hand side, make notes. What does that mean? On the left-hand side, they're going to write down anything at all that sticks out. And then they pop over to the right-hand side and they reflect on what they've written. They comment, they ask questions, they write down thoughts based on what they've written. By jumping back and forth between the two sides, left and right, and between making notes and taking notes, they send that information to memory. And being that we lose like 80% of information within two days of learning it, if we do this type of whole brain note-taking, we are way more likely to remember a higher percentage for a longer period of time. So I like that. And the last thing I would do is I would think about how's your, how are students, how, how's the cognitive load? Cognitive load meaning like everything we are keeping in our brain at one time that we are trying to simultaneously think about while trying to learn something new. And how can we reduce our cognitive load? How can we reduce the amount of brain activity going on so that we can store memories? One, flexible seating. Because if you are in a seat that feels comfortable and positioned in a way that feels comfortable to you and you feel relaxed and safe psychologically and mentally, you don't have as much cognitive load going on. So give students the ability to choose their seats and help them to make wise choices because it will reduce cognitive energy and it also potentially reduces distractions. For some students, it may create more distractions. That's when they need a little bit of coaching. <laughs> what else? Helps with cognitive load, like sub goals or micro activities, micro steps, scaffolding. Because when we take big things and we break them down into little tiny steps, it makes everything more manageable and it makes it more habitual and it makes mm, a far greater likelihood that we're going to be motivated and stick with it and keep with it. Talked about this a couple of times already, but multimodality. So sharing important information in different ways, such as like, maybe you're going to use and explain it via chart paper. And then you bump to the whiteboard and then you redo something in a PowerPoint or you switch up that order, but different modalities of presenting information, maybe all in the same lesson, or maybe across a couple of days, you are going back and revisiting doing different modalities, but everyone learns so differently. So it's uh, best to try to do it a couple of different ways. And multiple exposures, like these spiraling, circulating curriculums or like revisiting concepts are really helpful. I also really like this. When you're the, like, the designer of the instruction, there is a multi-step process for designing your instruction to help people remember. And some of this we have access to and some we don't, but the steps are these. Pre-exposure. Preview. Prime. Then we teach, then we review, and then we revise. Pre-exposure means putting something up for people to see or like exposing them days, weeks, months in advance. Like you maybe pop a poster up or a chart. If you're doing this for a presentation, maybe like weeks in advance, you send an email or send a resource. And then the preview is like minutes, hours, days before. So maybe that's a reminder email or it's something right before your session starts. And then your prime is like seconds before you teach the thing. So more of like your motivational device or your, your background knowledge activating device. Then you teach and then you go back and you review because we need to circulate it and hear it again. And then if we know people haven't gotten it or people have missed certain things or it was misstored, we want to revise their memory with them. We want to re- iterate, reteach it again so that we know that they store it the correct way. 
pre-exposure preview prime teach review revise go through those steps and you will be all set okay so what i want you to think about is how can you take these memory enhancers and integrate them into your own day or how you teach pause reflect on that and then we're going to go to today's listener question which is how do we help students who internalize anxiety couple things. One, name entertainment. Do they know they are experiencing anxiety? Do they know what anxiety feels like? Once you can feel it in your body and name this, like the symptoms of it, then we can name it. Once we name it, we can tame it. How do we tame it? Regulation practices. What are emotional regulation practices? What are things that we can do to bring ourselves back down into that neutral zone and out of this like almost survival state or anxious state? Lots of things you could search like regulation practices, coping skills, coping strategies. Just there's hundreds of options. It's really what works best for each individual person. And then think about anxiety is when we are stuck in the future. Anxiety is when we are worried about and thinking about things of the future. So what heals that? Presence, practicing presence. What brings people to the present? What is a mindful activity that brings people to the here and the now? Hiking, drawing, breath work, working out, meditation, all of those things bring you to the present. When you come to the present, you come out of the anxious state. Practice presence. And to wrap up our show, I'm going to share with you our try at home tip, which is we're all dehydrated and we need to do certainly a better job at drinking more water and staying hydrated. But here's a little um, resource for you if you are struggling to stay hydrated. Element, it is a drink additive, L-M-N-T, it's a powder, Element, L-M-N-T, Element is the brand. It's an electrolyte drink powder that you just plop in a water and you slurp it down. I like this because it's clean, it's like healthy and it's got a lot of good components to it, electrolytes. So it's great to have like before you fly, it's great to have during sick season. It's great to have, if you're going to run marathons before, during, and after, <laughs> but it kind of rehydrates you and gives you a little oomph. So for me, I've transitioned away from coffee and started drinking element and it tastes good. I think in the morning, because it gives me a big dose of hydration and an electrolyte right away in the morning instead of coffee. It was a hard transition, but uh, totally worth it. I feel way more awake and alert and aware throughout the day. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Don't forget our try to home tip, which is try element, L-M-N-T. You can purchase from their website or you can even get like a sample pack on Amazon to see if you like it. If you are looking for more support in the area of stress, trauma, behavior, or the brain, love to be a part of your learning journey for your home, your organization, your school, which is why I created the Behavior Hub. I do a lot of coaching around stress, trauma, behavior. If you want to learn more about any of this or what it looks like, feel free to text me or email me. Both are available on the Behavior Hub website. And also, if you're looking to get a certification for a trauma-informed school or organization and would love to do some training in that area, my business partner, Jessica Doring, and I just launched an organization called The Five Ives. And it certifies people as trauma-informed and certifies organizations as trauma-informed while doing training throughout the year to keep them there and 
help to bring people out of a survival state so they can function better and work, be more productive, and just really alter the culture of an organization to make it a happier, healthier place. Don't forget to lock in what you learned today by sharing it with someone else or applying it right away. And I look forward to sharing more with you on future episodes. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thanks for joining me. 